This is episode 150 for Tuesday, September 11th, 2018, brought to you today from Arlington, Texas. This week, we hope to get laid as we feature beers from Hawaii. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Jeremy, Powers, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back to another episode of Bruce Styles, a special episode of Bruce Styles, as we mark 150 times that my butt has been in this seat. Maybe a little less. Almost, than that. yeah, almost, <laughs> but pretty close to it. Yeah, 150 episodes today. Yeah, wow, that's a pretty big milestone. Yeah, seeing as we start off this project to be a kind of a short-lived to a specific goal, and now we're you know three years plus. Yeah, I don't know that we initially talked about how long we wanted to do it. We were just like, eh, let's just see where it goes. Yeah, and it's it's going and here we all are. over the country and across the ocean at this point. We've gone international. Yes. <laughs> well. Spaceballs has gone plaid. <laughs> <clears throat> Somewhat. Since, yeah, right? But yeah, we got a, a little bit of a celebration today since it's episode 150. And I'm joined by Powers today, as he takes a full swig. Yeah. Okay, now I'm joined by Powers. <laughs> yes, indeed, you are. Now, I heard you brewed a beer this morning. Uh, gosh, yes, I did. And it sounds like there's a story. <laughs> or attempted to, or I don't know what happened. No, it, it happened. No, okay. It happened. So, uh, <laughs> first off, I, I woke up an hour and a half later than I originally intended to. <laughs> Uh-oh. And Oops. considering I have to drive about 40 minutes to get uh, to get to where I need to brew... And that didn't do so well. I had planned on doing something between brewing and coming here, but that didn't happen because of that. Um, so I get up, I get up there, and you know, just the um, so I I did the uh, the oatmeal stout that I'm doing for my wedding actually. Um, so I, uh, you know, I looked up a recipe online. It looked pretty solid, but I didn't realize that this thing had like flipping three pounds of steeping grain like holy crap mm-hmm. so like I, I i order the ingredients and they come in from stubby and it's just like this giant you know vacuum sealed brick of grain and i'm like oh boy so i you know i pretty much did a full steep on it like i did about five gallons uh on the on the steep and you know i did it for 60 minutes because there was so much of it um but i was you know i was happy with that and you know, I move it over to the burner and I fire up the burner, put the pot on it. I start, you know, shuffling around, doing some other things, getting ready to, you know, bottle the Irish red. And I come back around 
and I'm like, that that burner's real quiet right now. Oh yeah. And I look, I look, and I'm just like, oh well, flame's gone out. All right, cool. Let's just fire it back up. You know, hit the lighter a couple times. Nothing's happening. And I'm like, what? So I I actually lift up my propane tank, and I'm like, there's still gas in this thing. So I fiddle around with it. And I mean, it just got stuck. You know, the the tank just got stuck. So I was just like, crap. So I have to go out. I have to go do an exchange real quick at Walmart. And uh, you know, that took about you know twenty minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention the fact that I had to you know pretty much reheat the the wort from you know cooled down cooled back down from that point. So that was another delay. Um, the boil went well enough. I mean, it was an easy boil. I only did one hop addition at 60 minutes. It's a stout, so um, nothing crazy. Um, it's hop addition time. Yes, it was for, you know, 60 minutes. And, uh, you know, I pull it off, pull it off, chill it, uh, put it in the fermenter, and, well, let's just say that there's an unexpected adjunct in my stout now. Um... And that would be a rubber stopper. <laughs> uh, so I, I go to put the stopper in the in in the in the carboy, and I pushed it too far in, and it went all the way through. Oh no! Yeah, luckily that thing was sanitized, so I'm not worried about it. You might you know might maybe a little bit of an off flavor, but you know now now whenever I use that carboy, that stopper is going to be in there. It's it, it there's no way of getting that thing out. Um, because huh. yeah, it it you know there's no way to get one of those things out you know any way I would know. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those like ship in a bottle things. It, exactly, exactly. So uh, you know, I'm not I'm not terribly worried about it. I'm just like you know now I have an interesting story about my you know about my six and a half gallon carboy that will forever come with a rubber stopper. Uh, you know, I suppose as long as I sanitize the thing. It won't. It won't hurt the beers that I put in it, but mm. it's definitely interesting. I don't know, depending on how long the beers in there, it might start pitting, and then you have other issues. Oh shoot! You're right. I would try to get it out. <laughs> hmm. There's one way out, and it doesn't involve me keeping the carboy. So, well, just get like a, a hook or something. See if you can dig into that rubber and pull it out. Mm. I don't know. There are ways. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> huh? Cool, but. I did that. Uh, I mean, other than that, you know, I was I was thinking about adding coffee to it. I tasted it after I was done with the boil. I don't think it's going to need it. Um, it's got a lot of really good flavor going on. Um, a lot of a lot of chocolate. Good, you know, good full mouth feel so far. Um, it it just felt like it was you know good where it is. So I think I'm going to hold off on the coffee for it and just you know finish it off as is. Um, if you feel like you need to, you can always. After it's done fermenting and you're about to bottle or whatever, you can taste it. Mm-hmm. And then if it's still, if you want the coffee, you can add it at that point. Yeah, exactly. So you still got time. Sure. So, you know, that that was fun. Uh, bottled the Irish Red. Uh, that was bottling. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till I have a kegerator. <laughs> I am, you know, every time I have to bottle, it's like, you know, it's only about 30 minutes of my time, really. But it's just the whole process, and the fact that for the second batch in a row, I've broken a bottle with my capper. Dang. Yeah, it's weird. You need to calm down there. I, I I'm starting to. I don't know. I, I think it might be these caps actually, because they're just like about one in every six or seven caps just 
caps like the the capper just caps it weirdly like it it skews off to the side a little bit it, the, and this was the last like uh batch that i had to do with this pack of caps so i'm hoping that the next pack does better if not it might be the capper um in which case i'll just get another one of those so hmm. yeah but i mean other than that just uh you know i well my esb is done now too had that for the first time last night turned out okay okay we could try it later yeah and you did all that this morning Hmm? You did everything, all that this morning? Yes. That's a full day already. I know, right? <laughs> Dang. Well, all right. We're also joined by Chris. Hey. And I know you haven't done nearly as much about homebrewing as Powers has. No, I have not. In the past several months as he did in one day. Yeah. <laughs> so I have done nothing. Any uh, any chance of that changing sometime uh, soon? With all the rain that we got this week, uh, not real confident in my ability to get the trailer out of the property to move my brewing stuff. I'm not going to brew again until I've got the stuff moved out there. Electricity's done. It's ready to, it's ready to go. I just got to move it out there and hook it up. Right. So it's just, it's a process. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with, you know, school in full swing. I don't really have a whole lot of time for other things at this point, but I need to soon because I've been out for quite a while. Yeah, so you've been having to to do what all the other scrubs do and buy beer yeah. instead of make it yourself. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, it is cool because I've I've gotten to try some of the newer things that have come out that we don't you know wouldn't normally put on the podcast. So. Okay, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What about you, Travis? What have you done recently? I brewed a beer this morning as well, and had the water set up last night. Woke up at four a.m. Turned on the stove. Went back to sleep. I like that process. And then I yeah. wake up again at 5, and the water is pretty close to temperature. And then I'll start there. Uh, all in all, I was finished before noon, so that makes for a good brew day. Mm-hmm. You still got the entire rest of the day yeah. to do stuff. Uh, brewed a beer out of the Modern Home Brew Recipes book, Gordon mm-hmm. Strong, which I really like his book. I've done maybe 10 recipes out of that book now, and mm. each one is pretty solid. Yeah, I, I haven't done a whole lot of brewing out of those books. Um, I usually just use them as reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've found that uh, I think Gordon Strong's book is a little bit more uh, modern, I guess, than Jamil's. Because I oh, know you've, yes. you've been brewing your way through Jamil's book, and some of that stuff is just kind of, yeah. So. Yeah, he uh, uh, Gordon definitely takes a modern approach on a lot of things in that book as far as recipe formulation and uh, his process as well because a lot of his beers will have ingredients from several continents not just one so mm-hmm. you might do a german pills that has you know a belgian malt and german malt and english malt mm-hmm. so he'll he'll mix things up that way which is kind of cool and he also does he'll separate the uh, all the dark malts so you mash with only the light malts and then add the dark stuff in at the very end right as you're starting the sparge and Vorloff process. So he does some some new modern techniques because you wouldn't see that in any older books. Right. For sure. He does a lot of uh, late hop additions, hop bursting. Uh, he adds hops after you're done boiling. So like today, I did a first wort hop and then I had a five-minute addition and then I had a negative 10-minute addition. So after I was done with the boil... I let it sit for 10 minutes, added more hops, let it sit for 10 more minutes, and then started chilling. 
Hmm. So he does some interesting things with uh, with his process, but hmm. uh, the results speak for themselves. I've really enjoyed pretty much everything that I've made out of that book. Hmm. So I'll finish Jamil's book just because I started it and I want to finish the project. Um, but I've enjoyed kind of tossing these recipes in from time to time. Yeah, for sure. I did an American Amber Ale today, and uh, my numbers were spot on. Cool. Called for 1056, and I read 1056 off the hydrometer, so quite pleased. Awesome. There was that. And did I bottle a beer? I did at some point. I bottled a pale ale <laughs> this week or last week, one of the two. But it's nice. And, and I get what you're saying about just the bottling process. You know, it's it, it's not hard per se, but nah. just once you go through it a few times, then you realize, okay, well, I got to get all the bottles. I got to clean them. I got to sanitize them. Then I got to lay them out. Then I got to transfer the beer into the bottling bucket and get it primed with some priming sugar. Oh, wait, now I got to make the priming sugar solution. Yep. And it, yeah, it's just all these things. And <laughs> it it's a little time consuming. Yeah. I just, I just put it in a keg. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I... You know, I, I'm lucky to where I can just like, you know, at least I'll just throw them in, the, in like, you know, the dishwasher is my sanitizer and I'll just, you know, mm-hmm. sit right next to the dishwasher and I'll just pull one out of the dishwasher, you know, hit, you know, I, I have the bottling wand hooked up to the spigot on the bottling bucket. So I just, you know, go one after the other and then fill all the bottles, then cap all the bottles. It's, uh, it's, it's an intriguing process yeah <laughs> but as much I as i complain it. about it yeah i do enjoy having different options oh yeah for homebrew at home because i'll have two full five gallon kegs and mm-hmm. then i have a three gallon keg and then i usually have two separate beers in bottles that i can drink at any time so i've got five different options oh yeah so yeah it is what it is Uh, but anyways we do want to say thank you to our listeners thank you whether you have listened for one episode or 149 episodes we definitely appreciate you and uh, want to ask you to continue listening especially if you like it please do if you don't like it well go ahead and keep listening anyway but you can listen out of spite and you can (laughs) hate glare at your computer I don't know or your iPhone yeah and uh, either way Hit that subscribe button and keep this goodness coming to you week after week. And uh, write us a review. We got a few. Tell us your thoughts. Yep. <laughs> you can be honest, but click five stars anyway. Uh, and that'll be nice. Before we move on to our episode today, I did want to introduce a new segment this week called Deep Thoughts from Chris, where every week we'll have a new deep thought from Chris. What? Yes. So, uh, okay. Chris, what is your, what is your deep thought for today? Free your mind and your ass will follow. <laughs> okay. That was off the back of a beer bottle. Um, well, I, I guess <laughs> take that what? for what you make out of it. But, um, you know, we, we don't always understand <laughs> the true wisdom when it first is laid upon us. Sometimes you have to cogitate on well, it for a while. That wouldn't be the first time. That would be the second time. So, But anyway, thank you for what that, What beer Chris. was that from? <clears throat> I think that was Gigantic IPA. Okay. By the way, weren't they the ones who only distribute one beer? Because I saw several different of their beers the other that day. That was their initial plan. Okay. They wanted to do one beer really well. Right. Well, they were only going to... They had one beer that they would continuously do. The rest That's of them right. would be one-offs. One batch. That's oh, right. Oh, okay. 
So okay. the IPA was the beer that they continuously brew. Yeah, because I thought I remembered something about like, hey, if you like, you know, the rest of their beers, if you went to the brewery, you could get them, but they wouldn't distribute them. And then I saw all those beers and I was just so confused. And then I just decided not to think about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. All right. So what are you talking about today? Right. The 50th state. Yes. To join our nation. We did fact check that, right? Yes. Okay, good. I looked it up this morning. <laughs> wait, we don't know the 50th. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, wait, was, there's was what, Alaska? like 51 territories or something, right? When did Alaska yeah. join, or was Utah one of those? It is? Yeah, right? Yeah, I kind of thought about that after we said that last week. But luckily enough, uh, <laughs> Hawaii was the 50th state, so we thought we could do that for episode 150. We did also toss around the idea of featuring only beers with 50% alcohol. But that didn't uh, last too long. That would not have. That been would have a been a day a, uh, for us. That would have been whiskey styles. Yeah. So <laughs> we opted for the uh, for the safer option, mm-hmm. which is Hawaii. And uh, the the thing about it is, we only get beers from two companies out of Hawaii. So well, there's only eleven breweries total. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So we get a good portion of their stuff then. You know, good percentage. Two out of eleven. Oh yeah. So there's Big Island Brew House, Waikiki Brewing Company, Stew Bum and Stonewall Brewing Company. Um, those are in Oahu. Maui Brewing Company is in Maui. Mm. Lanakai Brewing Company is in Oahu. Kona Brewing Company. Kahola? I don't know how to say this stuff. It's also in Maui. Uh Kauai Island Brewery and Grill, Honolulu Beer Works, Home of the Brave Beverage Company, Kauai Beer Company, or if they're the same company, I don't know, uh, Hawaii Nui Brewing Company, Beer Lab, Palolo Valley, Aloha Beer Company, Primo Brewing and Malting Company, and Nanny Moon Meadery. There you go. I want to know how many of those are going to get pulled as drops later. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a good part of them. <laughs> Nanny Moon. So, the, so yes, we only get two of them here in, in uh, the DFW area. Yes. I'm, I'm guessing those are the two biggest ones of there. I would imagine. Considering they make yeah. it all the way to Texas. Probably so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll be featuring beers from Maui and Kona today. Yes. I also, at the same time, I picked up the beer next to it. It was called Land Shark Lager. And I was like, oh, this looks like a Hawaii thing. <laughs> and then when I got home with it, I realized, oh, this is a this is a Bud product. Yes, it <laughs> is. This is made in, in St. Louis, Missouri. I was yeah. like, oh, well. Yep. Then I'll just drink that myself. <laughs> I saw a lot of uh, like Hawaii themed beers. Okay. Yeah, I saw one Lots by of coconut or. Yeah, I saw one by yeah. Un- Unlawful Assembly or something like that. Idle time. It looked like a Hawaiian idol or something. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ones that have that kind of theme that I thought about picking up, but no. <laughs> <laughs> to stay true to the cause. Yes. We'll feature only Hawaii beers. Mm-hmm. Now, Kona has been around the area for a long time. I remember Kona always being here as far as, you know, the last eight years or so. Mm-hmm. But Maui 
I think might be a a newer addition to the market. Maybe. Because hmm. I don't remember. So maybe it's just the frequency that I see Kona. Because Kona is like everywhere. Yeah. You, you can, can go to Kroger and get Kona. Yeah. I remember having the coconut porter from Maui at Ginger Man. Okay. Which that would have been years ago when we were going regularly. Yeah. So I haven't been there in a long time. So that one's been around for Maybe it's just a, a frequency thing. <clears throat> Kona also has very, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Their bottles are, they stand, Uniquely they stand out. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're not quite, they're not long necks, but they're also not the shorty bottles. They're kind of somewhere in between. Yeah. With a, like gen- a, a V-neck. A gentle slope. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the uh, the designs are quite tropical. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll get into that in just a moment. As uh, as we are starting this episode, we are sipping on the lovely Oktoberfest beer. Since it is Oktoberfest season. Yes. And uh, we probably will have an Oktoberfest episode 4.0 at some point, because why not? And we love yeah. the style. There's more to do with that one. And always new ones coming out. But uh, as we finish this one up, let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. Because I think there's been some differing opinions around the table on this one. Yeah. But uh, it is the Sierra Nevada 2018 Oktoberfest. And uh, they've been doing different different uh, recipes, different, I guess, collaborations every year for the past three mm-hmm. or four years, from what I can tell. And this year they collaborated with Weihen Stefaner out of Germany, which we featured them several times. Commonly known as the world's oldest brewery. Yes. And uh, from what we can tell, this is, well, I guess that's part of the part of the discussion, is if, if it's a Martzen or if it's a Fest beer. Yeah, color-wise, it's kind of in between. But on Untapped, it's labeled as a Martzen. Yeah, but looking at it, it's definitely a, an amber color. Too dark for Fest beer, but certainly too light for a Martzen. Yep. And the back of the label says, We partner with Bavaria's Weinstefan, the world's oldest brewery, for this America take on the classic German Oktoberfest. A malt backbone is balanced by subtle hop character in this crisp, clean, and drinkable crowd pleaser. Nothing captures a spirit of celebration like a beer among friends. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. I do think it's better than last year's. Um, but hmm. I still don't quite like it it's maybe because of the reason i don't know what it is <laughs> that might like, be it it's it's neither a martin nor a fest beer and you know they said subtle hop character but i'm picking up some hop and i don't think that i should in a martin hmm. something floral there yeah and i may or may not have picked up a little bit of butter that's that that that's been up for debate at the table, but then again, Chris is the most sensitive person to butter at the table. Mm-hmm. I'd say um, it's it's I, kind of a, a mouthfeel thing. It's real slick and oily. That's that's the first way that I detect it, and then I start looking for it, and I can usually find something in the taste. But either way, it's just it's not. I've had better. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot better. Yeah, we had yeah. I'd say, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. It's it's a weird in-between. I don't think it's bad. I actually like it. Um, but it is a weird in-between on the Fest beer and the Martin styles. I'd say I'd I'd lean more towards classifying it in Martin. I just feel like it's a little bit too much to really be in Fest beer territory as far as the flavor goes. Um, it's, you know, of course, it's debatably not enough for a Martin, but I'd say it's closer on the to the Martin scale. Um you know, it's uh, it's okay. I think I'd agree with that. It has more substance to the uh, to the flavor than I would expect from a fest beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am getting a, a little bit of the hop character. It's got a a decent bitterness to it, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, but uh, I don't necessarily pick up on the, the butter <laughs> comment. Um, looks like this year, 2018 was Wine Stefaner. Last year. 2017 batch they paired with Faust. Hmm. 2016 was um, Mars Brow. <laughs> 2015 was Rigelli. R I E G E L E. Regigli. So I'd, I'd say this year was probably their biggest brewery. For sure. That they've paired with for this. And you know, when, when I saw this on the shelf, I was actually really excited about it because I saw. Weinstefaner, like classic German brewery, you know, pairing up with a solid American brewery. Yeah. On a German style. I was really excited about that. I was just like, boom, that's the beer I'm buying today. It's kind of a letdown though. It's a little bit of a letdown <laughs> in that in that regard because like I've liked everything I've had by Weinstefaner and I've liked everything I've had by Sierra Nevada. Um, in fact, their other collaboration this year, the Brow Pact, it's a Hefeweizen. I loved that beer. It was amazing. Hmm. Um, but this one, it's confusing, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, it's it's weird to me that this would be the collaboration that Vine Stefaner would put their name on, I think. Because they're big into being the oldest brewery. They're big into... The Reinheinskabolt and uh, real classic styles. Yes, uh-huh. it's kind of weird to me that this is where they landed on their collab. Hmm. You know. Yeah, and I wonder if this is one of those things where both of them had like the same recipe, and mm-hmm. Sierra Nevada brewed their batch, and Weinstefaner brewed their batch of the same recipe but different beers. Right. It could be one of those uh, possibilities. Because or maybe they just use their yeast. Yeah, it could be something as simple as that. Possible. Because it's obviously uh, Sierra Nevada bottles. Yeah, because the, the Bra Pact was uh, Weinstefaner bottles with Sierra Nevada logo on it as a collab. Okay. So I think there might have been some sort of trade off there. I'm still looking for the Iinger Oktoberfest. That one's like the highest rated Oktoberfest on Untapped. Hmm. And there's some other Iinger stuff at Total Wine, but they didn't have the Oktoberfest. Hopefully soon. Hacker Shore. That'd be nice. Made it over a few weeks back, so we had that one yeah. last week. Well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of European brewery Oktoberfests that are here. I just that might be one that we don't get. Hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I did see or actually uh I ran into James Lalonde at Total Wine and he took me over to the um the packaged aisle, not the, the single bottle aisle. To show me something new that's come out, 
um, almost picked it up because I thought it'd be interesting. It's a canned Schlankerla. Oh no. Lager that's not smoked. What? Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh whoa. <laughs> it's a it's a I think it's a light lager uh, that's not smoked, but it's in a can and in a four pack. He thought it was really strange to see Schlankerla in a can for one, and for two, having them, you know, make something that's not smoked. But he said he tried it, right. and because it's brewed on all the same equipment and they use the same, oh, no. you know, everything to make it, it taste there's a little, <laughs> there's a hint of smoke in there. He oh, said, yeah. so uh, it's not a completely unsmoked Schlankerla beer, but. It is there, so I, I think guess, that would be interesting to, to pick up and try sometime. I guess it's the, the Smokehouse's version of a light lager where, you know, <laughs> we're not going to intentionally do it, but, you know, like, we're we're going to do this just like a, you know, this is going to be our most drinkable beer, our most poundable beer, um, but, you know, we're a Smokehouse, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was interesting, but anyway, we'll continue to, to drink more Oktoberfest beers as the season continues. For sure. Uh, and uh, we'll definitely do another Oktoberfest episode. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's get back to Hawaii. I'm glad you asked. Ah, Courtney, I didn't see you there. Hey. Um, <laughs> but yes, we are moving on to our first of many Hawaii beers Mini. multiple breweries <laughs> from all over the island actually no we're gonna start with kona because k comes before m yes that's exactly why <laughs> this is the kona longboard island lager and it is classified as a pale lager 4.6 percent abv 20 ibus and on the neck label, it says, A spirited, crisp, and refreshing brew. Longboard Island Lager is a smooth ride all the way in. Thirsts up. What? Thirsts up. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. It's not surfs up. It's thirsts up. Yep. <laughs> thirsts. Okay. Thirst apostrophe, yes. I'm ready for a bottle of liquid aloha. <laughs> Waikiki B. <laughs> Thank you for that. Waikiki Beach in Honolulu is the birthplace of longboard surfing. Kona Brewing pays tribute to this iconic place with their own longboard lager. Oh, yeah, and these bottles have, like, the raised yeah, uh, the raised print on them, liquid aloha, and then it has the outline of the islands together. They're cool-looking bottles. I think I have a couple in my stash somewhere, too. Yeah. So, so my question is, will, will 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 I be saying goodbye or will I be saying hello with this aloha? Anyway, so <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> it's brilliantly clear, very clear. Uh, I'd say darker than straw, only slightly like a light gold. Yeah, but still a a nice pale lager color with a, a good. Tiny bubble, white head on it. Yeah, quite carbonated. Uh, yeah, very clear. Hmm. Trying to decide if this aroma I'm getting is leftovers from the Oktoberfest or not. 
because I'm picking up a a strong grain character. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty grainy. Um, not a whole lot going on. No, very crackery. Um, Join us next time when we start rinsing between beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe should have done that, but <laughs> I can see that like crackery aroma. Uh, not really picking up any hops, but yeah, per the style, you're not supposed to. Any yeah. adjunct notes? Mm. No. Because it's not an adjunct lager, it just says pale lager. However. Pale lager. Does that mean anything other than just lager? No, it's in the same same vein as Budweiser's and, and Heineken's. Just a different... So they do Region. claim a delicate, slightly spicy hop aroma complements the hmm. malty body of this beer. So <clears throat> that tells me noble hop. Yeah. So maybe they're looking for a, a Hawaiian version of like a Pilsner or something. Check it by. Yeah. There's no Hawaiian gimmicks with this one. I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. add any tropical fruit or anything. No. It's... Just a real straightforward, you know, this is what you're going to drink when you're on the beach. It's relaxing. It's refreshing. Yeah. If you handed me this and said it was a check pills, I might buy it. I can see that. It's not as, like, crisp. It does, it, it's got a little bit more body to it, I think, than than a Pilsner would. But the crackery notes and the, the slight hop character is definitely there. It wouldn't be a good example of a check pills, but yeah, because it has, I think it has a little bit more flavor mm-hmm. than what a, a classic example would have. Has a touch of sweetness, yeah. But finish is pretty clean. A little bit of a bitterness on the finish that yeah, lingers. it's it's also not super cold. Yeah, it sat in my car for about an hour before coming over here. <laughs> oh. If it were super cold, I think it would be cleaner tasting. Yeah, I'd, I agree with that. Fabulosa! Yeah, fabulosa. There you go. <laughs> Is that cleaner? No. no. Oh, okay. okay. As in more clean. Oh, more clean. Join us next week when we chill our beers before we drink them. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you thought that Kona was the older of the two. When do you think it was? Well, I meant like established. distributed here. Okay. Before Maui was. But I have no idea. Kona Brewing Company was started in the spring of '94. Okay. And they let's see. They opened a Kalua Kona Pub on Hawaii's Big Island in '98. They opened its second restaurant in 2003. In 08, they opened a third restaurant. So I guess it was a franchised brew pub, or it maybe still is. February 2010, they hired the largest Hawaii-owned and operated commercial solar energy contractor to install a new solar energy generating system. Wow. And where's that at the top? As of October 1st, 2010, it's been owned by Craft Brew Alliance. Craft 
Brew Alliance. Yes. Who's that? Which that is the company or the conglomerate that also owns Red Hook, Widmer, Omission, uh, and Square Mile Cider. Hmm. So technically, I think that boots them out of the craft beer moniker because they're owned by a conglomerate. I think that they're like, but I don't may, think maybe care. not necessarily like craft beer, but maybe like into like independent brewing yeah I'd say. but yeah it's because it's 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 one thing to be owned by like a conglomerate that owns a bunch of craft breweries it would be quite another thing to be owned by buttermiller cores such as like you know like carbach or revolver are you know so yeah okay so Here's another article. It says, Kona Brewing, because of its association with the Craft Brew Alliance, joined in 2010, has the widest distribution and is the easiest of Hawaii's craft beers to find on the islands. Kona started in 94 on the Big Island of Hawaii, has grown tremendously, producing more than 220,000 barrels a year. So hmm. probably the biggest one. Yes. I would think so. Um, the original... 220,000. The original Hawaii uh, brewery is Primo Beer. Uh, the Primo Brewing and Malting Company. So I wonder if that's where they probably get the majority of their malts, too. Um, first brewed in 1897, according to their website. So, hmm. there you go. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. wonder what their malts are like, because you got two-row and six-row. wonder if they have hang-ten-row. <laughs> Welcome to Brew Styles. <laughs> yeah, right. So this this is a nice, easy to drink, clean lager. Very yeah. simple. Not a whole lot to it. Um, if you're sitting on the beach somewhere and looking for something refreshing, this would be a a good go to. Yeah, drink it, forget for it for sure. Yeah. After a long day on my longboard, I think I would probably reach for this. <laughs> I would pay to see you on a longboard, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Surfing's hard. <laughs> I tried it once or twice. I don't I don't like it. My <laughs> palatability rating. <laughs> uh, I go with like an eight. I can go 8.5. I'd go nine. Yeah. Yeah. You easy. You wouldn't go hang ten. Pretty simple. No. Nah, it's just got that weird. We've already been there. <laughs> <laughs> just got that weird. Uh, like 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 Travis said, has that weird bitterness. Yeah, not like bitterness, but like you know, there, there, there's definitely a hop character in there. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not a you know it's it's not an American light lager. It's yeah, more more of a pills character. The the body of it's a little bit bigger than I would expected it to be too. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't I wouldn't say full body by any means, but maybe a, a it's not light bodied either. Yeah. I don't know, I'd say me I don't know. It's it's strange. Like it's, it's like a medium light body where mm-hmm. you expect pale light loggers to be light bodied beers. Right. Yeah, so if it was entered in the BJCP, I don't think it would do as well in the same category as Bud Light, you know, American Light Lager, just because it does have a little bit more flavor and a little touch more body than what's expected for those ones. 
but uh, there's other categories you could enter it in. I think you'd do yeah. well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there you got American Light Lager and then Standard American. I remember whenever they changed them because it used to be Light and Standard and Premium. American Lager is one B. Okay. <laughs> that one would probably be a decent option for this one. Yeah. Uh, it's too heavy for the International Light Lager also. Check Lager. So yeah, I'd probably go with the, with the 1B. See, the Czech Pale Lager, 3A, says a lighter-bodied, rich, refreshing, hoppy, bitter, pale Czech Lager having the familiar flavors of the stronger Czech Premium Pale. Lighter bodies, slightly less intense format. So depending on you know how much you pick up the hop character, could do that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all in all, pretty nice little offering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very, very safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to the next one. So next up is uh, from Kona Brewing. Surprise, surprise. Whoa. It is the Wailua Wheat. All right. Uh, Ale brewed with tropical passion fruit. Copious amounts of passion fruit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Let's see. It says on the neck label, Wailua is Hawaiian for two freshwater streams mingling. This was just the inspiration we needed for our Wailua wheat ale. Brewed with tropical passion fruit, it's a refreshing, citrusy, sun-colored ale with the cool taste of Hawaii. Oh my god, it's blinding! Ah, I can't see anymore! Um, Don't look at it! Okay, that's we're we're good. Thanks. Um, So on the the, uh, label, it is a very colorful green with some pink flowers, waterfall... And an, a, 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 I guess a Hawaiian girl in a pink bikini. There you go. Why she got to be Hawaiian? She has a name, She's Chris. In Hawaii. She's a person. I don't know what her name is. Doesn't <laughs> say on the label. Mm-hmm. She has thoughts and dreams too. Uh huh. <laughs> She's dreaming about this Wahlua wheat. Appearance is decently clear. Not as brilliantly clear as the previous one. We well, just well, it said. is a wheat. It's a wheat. Yeah, wheat. But it's also not super cloudy. Wheat. Either yeah. like a wheat could be. It's just, you know, hazy. I can I can watch the commercial on the screen through the beer. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It is a nice golden color, though. I'd say a little bit darker than their uh, pale lager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still good carbonation, white, foam. Power said the bottle smelled like... Farts. Farts. Yep. It does kind of smell like farts, but I can't get the <laughs> smell from the beer now. No, it, it, But beer. <laughs> There's actually no discernible aroma that I'm picking up from the beer. You know, and 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 I, and I was thinking that because I smelled the bottle and made my comment, and so I smelled the beer, and I smelled nothing. Yeah, I get a little bit of fruit character in the aroma. I also get some other farts aromas. Yeah. <laughs> See, and and I've had this before years ago, and I remember the discussion we had when we tried it. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to, you know, taint anyone's opinion before you try it. Taint. 
Yeah, I have to swirl this around to get any sort of discernible aroma. I can see the fruit. Um, you can see fruit? Yes, I can see fruit. Wow. Now, I can I can smell fruit after I swirl it around vigorously. And... Hey. Uh, other, I don't know. <laughs> it... You know, it's, it's weird because it also... And again, I should have rinsed before this because... You know, I'm 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 picking up some of the characteristics on that logboard longboard logger. Although uh, here it, it it's it smells more like Heineken almost. I don't know, weird. I don't think any of the logger character would come through on the wheat. Yeah, but well, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not, just saying like it, maybe some of the reminiscent smell from my logger. It's coming through. I don't know. I'm still not getting much in the aroma, but the the flavor is there's definitely something there. Hmm. I can I get the some kind of fruit, but it's not passion fruit. I I don't quite think it's bitter, but it has a bittering kind of feel. Like maybe it's the the skin of the passion fruit. Is this supposed to be a wheat ale? I I would assume so. Yeah, I think it's a <laughs> just doesn't wheat beer with fruit. Doesn't taste like a wheat ale. All right, keep going. It's a pale wheat. Eh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, the flavor is really underwhelming on this one. Hmm. You you can kind of get a sense of fruit character, but it's so far faded that it's almost not even worth mentioning. <clears throat> I mean, I I get a good amount of it. It's just not what I expected. And it's not what I remember either. Uh, it's a current bottle. Yeah, June 5, 18. So just uh, two, two, three months ago. Which, you know, that, that amount of time shouldn't affect a wheat ale much. No. Hmm. It's interesting. There, I, I was expecting a little bit more of the fruit. It's slightly sweet. Um, I'd say sweeter than the longboard. Yeah. But it doesn't have that heavy wheat character no. that you'd expect out of a wheat beer. So I could probably pound this one easier than uh, other wheats. I could pound this one easier than other wheats because it doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> like, it just... Hmm. It's... It has it, more flavor than the longboard. I might disagree with that. <clears throat> the longboard is just a... a Pale lager with pale lager crackery notes and a hint of of some kind of floral hop. This actually has this flavor has to it. Maybe maybe fruit flavor. <laughs> I I mean it's not super strong, but it's definitely there. Yeah, it's like they took some extract, some fruit extract, and just kind of dribbled a few drops in there, stirred it up, and then that's what it was. <clears throat> this is very different from what I remember. Okay, quite. Maybe they dialed it back a little bit. Yes. Because I, I definitely remember that when we tried it the first time years ago, that the passion fruit was very nice to begin with, but then would immediately turn to like a soiled baby diaper what? flavor in your mouth. Huh. I must have not been there for that because I don't remember. Yeah, because we had one bottle of it and we just passed it around the house and nobody could finish it. It was, it was very... Unpleasant. Huh. Maybe that bottle was infected. Yeah, I mean, knowing what we know now about 
the the baby diaper that's a bucolic off flavor yeah <laughs> but uh yeah looking at my rate beer rating for this which was nine years ago i really had to struggle to get through this one the taste of fruit was nice but the aftertaste that immediately overpowered it was awful i had to keep my mouth shut the whole time so as to not taste it 1.6 <laughs> as opposed to opening your mouth with beer in your mouth <laughs> wait, just have wait. it dribble down your face please don't <laughs> as, as powers chokes on his beer <clears throat> oh, here sniffing wall and even like smelling it today if i smell and think about that comment for well for a little bit i was getting like some barnyard character I mean, I, I initially thought it was a little sweaty. Okay. The flavor. Um, but it's not... It's not like B.O. It's not bad. It's just kind of that not quite salty. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> if they did dial back the fruit, then I think that was a good thing. Because the the one I remember, and obviously I've drank a lot of beer since then... But the one I remember was not pleasant. I didn't enjoy it at all. And apparently I had it in at untapped or on untapped sometime after that and still didn't like it. Hmm. But, you know, I, once you try something the first time and you have a really strong opinion about it, it's always going to be difficult to go into it with an open mind. Right. Because you're going to think, oh, this is the one that tasted like baby diaper. Oh, yeah, it still sucks. But today, um, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's it, it's fine. Again, it's just kind of a safe <laughs> a safe option. Yeah, Kona not impressing, but also not disappointing. It's just you know very middle of the road. Just they make drinkable beer, right? So, I mean, I I don't want to say that they're just being safe, but they're also part of that big conglomerate. Uh-huh. With the heavy distribution, so maybe they are. Now, one thing I've noticed about their bottles, like they are in many different locations. Like they, these beers are brewed in many different locations, uh, including Kona, but also on the longboard lager, um, you've got Fort Collins, Colorado, and on the Vialua bottle, you've got Portland, Oregon, and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So, that's an interesting one. I wonder where this beer came from. I wonder if maybe the beer that you had nine years ago came from a different location than where this one came from. Hmm. I mean, it shouldn't make a difference, but yeah, sometimes it does. Yeah, it's possible. I do remember Sawyer bringing this up, uh, I think it was last year, when he did Bruise in the News, hmm. that uh, Kona was actually sued or Kona and the Craft Brew Alliance was sued by uh, two people in California over the origins of their beer hmm. and the, the basics behind the lawsuit, which uh, this article is dated March 3rd of last year, 2017, and I can't find any resolution to it yet either, so it might still be uh, pending litigation. But uh, the the main part of it was that they're saying that it's a Hawaii-based beer and a Hawaiian beer and you might be willing to pay more for a beer that comes from Hawaii, but then 
the products in the bottle actually came from Oregon or New Hampshire or Fort Collins, Colorado. You know, even though right. it's it's a recipe based and created in Hawaii, the actual product itself came from somewhere else. So that was the basis of the lawsuit. Right. And since I can't find any it just seems kind of silly. <clears throat> yeah. Like somebody suing Red Bull when they didn't actually get wings. Like, are you kidding me? Which actually happened, by yes. the way. And they had to give everyone who had ever drank a Red Bull a Red Bull. Like, that was the that Or, was the or $2. Or $2. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this article seems to think that they may have something to it. Uh, because in 2013, a lawsuit claimed Beck's was willfully marketing as being brewed in Germany despite being brewed in St. Louis. And then two years later, a judge approved a $20 million settlement. Hmm. So it, there may be something to that. Well, I mean, like Budweiser came from Budfar. Came from there. But do they still market as a Czech-based beer? No. No. In fact, they rebranded as America. Like the beer was called America. <laughs> I don't know. It just Which, seems kind of far-fetched to me. Yeah. Eh. I mean, I, I'm not personally offended or hurt. That it's like that Cowboys hat you're wearing right now, I guarantee you, was made in China. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> it was made deep in the heart of Jerry Jones's personal locker room. Hand-stitched. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, that's... In, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily care that a company that calls itself Hawaiian might outsource some of their brewing. I mean, it's just like, you know, but the fact that... they're based in Hawaii. That's, yeah, but that's, that's, that's what they're going for. They're based there, exactly. But, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, hey, Cigar City's a... Uh, a brewery based in Tampa, but all the beer we get from them here is brewed in Austin. Like, it's the same thing, you know? But it brings up an interesting argument. Yeah. yeah. If you got an Oscar Blues outlet and a brewery in Austin, Texas, is it still a Colorado brewery? Yeah, but... The, okay, so the, the these beers don't claim to have anything necessarily hawaiian about them that you couldn't get stateside i mean like this one if it said brewed with um fresh water from hawaiian waterfalls or something that would be one thing okay just like you know coors says they're brewed with i don't know it's breaking somebody up in colorado says it's brewed with fresh mountain water or whatever water from the rockies yeah so i mean that's 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 a claim that they're not making on the bottle, so yeah. I don't think it should matter. These are just inspired by Hawaiian concepts. Like you might as well have been, you know, you might as well have been some retiree in Arizona who started this brewery and called it Kona. Like, hey, I had a good time in Kona one time. Let's make a let's make a beer with a pretty lady on the bottle. Uh, that's basically what it is. I mean, sure, they started in Hawaii, but yeah. Hey, I have a question. Have you ever heard of a, of something called Kongan water? <laughs> well, I guess you could have a Kongan-based beer with Kongan water, but uh, sorry, we're talking about Hawaii today. Right. So, anyway, I forgot to mention this is 5.4% and 15 IBUs. Hmm. So, there you go. All in all, it's, again, just kind of a nice, approachable beer. Uh, my 
past comments I wouldn't agree with anymore. The fruit is is there, but I still agree that it's just very faint. Um, a lot of a lot of beers these days, if you claim it on the bottle, then it's usually pretty prevalent. But uh, this passion fruit character is it's not is is faint, and passion fruit itself is a pretty strong flavor. We've had several beers on this podcast, obviously, um, that have, have featured passion fruit, so. I think we're familiar with it, and I think that's one of the more brighter, more present fruit flavors yeah. to begin with. So I, um, I didn't read the blurb from their website, but it's a little different than what's on the neck label. It says swimming in a freshwater pool at the base of a cascading waterfall is what we all imagine we would find in paradise on Maui. Follow the old Hana Highway, and you will find such a place, Wailua Falls. This plunging cascade of clear water is the inspiration for our limited release Wailua Wheat Ale. This golden, sun-colored ale has a bright citrus flavor that comes from the tropical passion fruit we brew into each batch. Sit back, relax, and enjoy paradise anytime. It's still a nice, and now tasty, nod to brewing history. Somehow I knew that was coming. Anyway, I, I, I th- don't think it's bad. I mean... Will I buy it again? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Somebody hands it to me. Will I drink it? Yeah. Sure. I would. Yeah. My poundability, though. So what's your poundability <laughs> rating on this one, huh? <laughs> oh, okay. uh, I'd probably give this a uh, seven. Six and a half, maybe. Let's see. I gave the last one a nine. Yeah, this one's less poundable than that. But only slightly. Only slightly. Hmm. Seven and a half. Seven. Seven. That's a seven. That's a seven. <laughs> My range is actually not nearly as large as your guys'. Is I give the last one an 8.5. I'm going to give this one an 8. Um, it's, I mean, there's just nothing there that, that like, that none of the flavors are strong enough for me to, you know, not pound it. I know that just by virtue of being a wheat, sometimes those become a little bit sweeter. It's got a little bit more fullness to the flavor than the longboard lager, but not much. Not in my opinion, at least. I just killed the rest of mine, and the flavor definitely is stronger. As it warms? Well, or as you just drink more of it. Nah, I could see that. <laughs> the more I drink of it, the more I taste it. It's weird, man. <laughs> all in all, not a bad beer. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Kind of like the longboard. It's fine. Good work, Kona. So, You're fine. Kona's beers are fine. We're, we're all fine here <laughs> now. Thank you. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Moving on. What's next? What'd you bring us, Powers? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked because we're going back to Hawaii, though to a different island. Uh, we're going to Maui this time. The only other island in DFW. Wait, I feel like I'm confusing everybody here. Uh, no, uh, we are going to drink a beer from the only other brewery coming to us from Hawaii in DFW, and that is Maui Brewing Company. Uh, and this is their Coconut Hiwa Porter. So, as I'm sure you can guess, this is a coconut porter. Um, on the can, it says it is a robust dark ale with hand-toasted coconuts and hints <laughs> of mocha. Hand-toasted nuts. <laughs> um, crafted with passion from the heart of paradise. We are an innovative and inde- independent brewery. Welcome to the Ohana. That means family. Uh, this one is brewed and canned by them. 
themselves in Kihei, Maui, Hawaii. I mean, I like a good nut. Yeah. Ooh. Um, they do have the Independent Craft uh, Brewers Association logo on them, so they aren't part of any sort of conglomerate or anything like that. So mm-hmm. they are actually a, a legitimate independent craft brewery. Um, this beer itself come, rings in at uh, 6.0 alcohol by volume. Um, and, yeah, in case you wanted to know, uh, Maui is at 20 degrees, 44 minutes north, and 156 degrees and 26 minutes west. Dang, that's cold. I know, right? It's like 80-something <laughs> here today. I know, right? All right. Um, yeah. Nothing else, really. Got some nice Hawaiian, in, uh, I'm sure, indigenous <laughs> designs, tribal designs on the on the can. Really nice. Brown, white, black. And the beer. It's Brown. dark. According to the internet, Maui was started in 2005. Oh, so the they're themselves? significantly newer than Kona, which we said was 94 founding. Huh. Interesting. All right. And the it, internet's never wrong, so. No, no, be. no. Well, it's around the time RAR started, too, because they were 04. Yes. So. The craft beer revolution. <laughs> Not the American Not revolution. the American revolution. Is that still a drop? You still have that somewhere? Did you get rid of it? It's on Outtakes Episode 1. Because <laughs> it was our first outtake. <laughs> yes, this is very dark. Yeah. Held up to natural light, I get orange highlights. I held up to lamp light, I get ruby highlights. Yeah, you can just barely see through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is clear, but it's just so dark that it's hard to see through. Quite foamy head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice uh, mocha colored head. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Woo. First thing I get is chocolate on the aroma. Oh, yes. yeah. Very strong. Would you call it a bitter chocolate or a milk chocolate? You know, it's almost a mixture of both because mm-hmm. I could think I could think coffee grounds also at the same time and that would fit. What I'm See, smelling. I'm also getting a lot of coconut in the aroma. So I'm I'm kind of thinking that the the chocolate is a bitter chocolate and then the the creaminess and the sweetness is coming from the coconut. Right. I would agree with that. Get some dark, dark malt notes. A little bit of roastiness. Yeah, but not too much. Yeah, I think they Ooh. said they used they roasted coconuts or toasted coconuts. hand hand toasted nuts. Hand toasted nuts. Yes. Hmm, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Very creamy. the The chocolate is definitely prevalent, and the coconut is definitely there. Ooh. I'm not getting a lot of the mocha that they claim, though. I mean, it says a hint of mocha, but... Just a hint. Mm. I can get that in the flavor. It's like creamy, chocolatey. The coconut is kind of overpowering everything else, though. Yeah. Hmm. It's rated very high on untapped. First time I had this was April 30th, 2011. And I gave it 2.5 out of 50 on rate beer. Or 2.5 out of 5, sorry. Oh, I was about to say, jeez. <laughs> uh, it was from Frado. 
can from his address. How the hell is this like hot chicks on the beach? That's the first thing I say in my rating. What? So I think somewhere on the label a long time ago it used to say drinking this is like hot chicks on the beach or something. Because <laughs> I don't think I would have said that otherwise. Right. Pours a dark brown to black color with tan head. Aroma's very much roasted grain. Some bits of coconut, but mainly earthy roastedness. Flavor is smacky, to say the least. The coconut comes out as a weird chemical replacement, like it's sort of sweet, but it feels forced. Way too forced. Finally, some roasted chocolate comes up in the finish. Weird. I don't necessarily agree with a lot of that. It's Nor do not I. roasty. Yeah, yeah, that was 2011 me yeah. drinking this beer. This is 2018 me drinking, well, which and cooking be a different beer. Looking at uh, check-ins on Untapped, you must have bought a six-pack of it when you lived at Fairmont. Because January 11th, 2013, January 15th, and February 1st, you had it and you gave it three bottle caps out of five. So you must have liked it a little bit more then. I don't remember it having the Hiwa name either. I think it used to be just the Coconut Porter or something. Will Wheaton really likes this beer. I'm friends with Will Wheaton on Untapped. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, He gave it five out of five. Oh. And he has a lot of check-ins to it. (laughs) Like a lot. Um, His very first check-in says, uh, this is a delicious porter. It goes well with some grilled pineapple based on my current experience. <laughs> so there you go. It is it is very good. Um, it's it's hard. It, it's just really sweet to me. I, I don't I don't get behind the super super sweet porters. Yeah. Believe it or not, I like my porters to not have a ton of flavor. A little bit of toasty notes, roasty notes, uh, maybe a little bit of chocolate and coffee, and that's it. Mm-hmm. The coconut just takes it to the extremely sweet level for me. I don't think it's too over the top. I uh, I get a lot of roasty notes, a lot of chocolate notes. Um. It does. It does have a kind of a, a sweet character to it. Um, that makes me think of like drinking hot chocolate. So it, it does kind of remind me of that. But I I would agree with your comment on saying that it's the bitter chocolate mixed with sweet coconut notes. You know, mix that together. That could very well be hot chocolate. I, I don't think it comes across as artificial though, like I used to. <clears throat> yeah. No. I it's it's a very well done beer. It's executed very well. People yeah. who like coconut would absolutely love this beer. Just not my cup of tea. Yeah, this is a when I brought it home yesterday, uh, Anna saw it and she's like, "Ooh, I want to try that." And I'm like, "Ooh, I only got two cans, so those are going to the podcast, but I'll two get it for you later." <laughs> but gosh, it it reminds me of a beer I had in Arkansas a couple months ago by Core. Their toasted coconut brown ale. And I like that one a little bit better. I think that this flavor profile actually plays a little bit better with a brown ale. Um, you know, just... It, it, well, that one just tasted of like straight up like Samoa's. Like the Girl Scout cookie. 
and it was amazing. <laughs> um, I think I still have a can of it at home. Anna might kill me if I bring it down here, but I might bring it down here hmm. to let you guys try it. It was really good. Um, I really liked it. Yeah. So, so I like those beers that taste like cookies. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Cookies and Cream series. Yeah. It's really good. Thin Mint Temptress. That one's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, until they changed it. Oh. And now it tastes like peppermint instead of the chocolate mint. But anyway, um, so this this reminds me a lot of 903. They have the chosen one, which is a coconut oh, cream ale. That's right. But they they have the Sasquatch, which is their stout, and they also blended it and distributed it that way, or, or they do it at the brewery, or I don't, I don't remember. Hmm. But anyway, um, the Sasquatch chosen one, this is extremely similar to that. Hmm. And the reason I didn't like that is because it was so sweet. Right. Okay. So rather than do a half and half like they do, I would do like two thirds Sasquatch to a third of the the chosen one, and that was a good balance for me. Hmm. I don't mind coconut flavor. Like I'm not, I don't hate it, but I'm not. It's not one of those things. That I'm like, oh, I want some coconut. Like Ocean Waters at Sonic. I right. love I love good Ocean Water. You know, it's got coconut yeah. flavoring and, and all that stuff. I don't like fresh coconut, like on candy. What's that candy bar that has the fresh coconut on it? Uh, Almond Joy? Almond yeah, Joy. Almond Joy. I tried one of those, yeah. and I wasn't really into it because of the coconut. It's a lot of coconut in those Yeah. <laughs> so for me, coconut is, is good, and it's fine in small doses. Right. This is a little too much hmm. for my for my taste. Like if I had another stout that I could kind of thin this out with, <laughs> yeah, then it would be perfect. Do you... like? <clears throat> I'm guessing Samoas aren't your Girl Scout cookie of choice then? No. no. I'm a Thin Mint guy. I, I, I like Thin Mints too. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you finish this one up, and as we sip on it, you want to play a game? Sure. Uh-oh. Sorry, I'll, I'll ask like the uh, like the Saw guy. You want to play a game? <laughs> I don't quite know what this game is. Well, I'm assuming that we're going to drink with it. No. It's, it's just a trivia game. Oh, okay. So, uh, this game is called... Which is older, Hawaii or something else? <laughs> like the the country or state of Hawaii? Yes. Like the, the municipality of official it? Official status. So Hawaii became okay. a state on August 21st, I'm pretty sure this island's been here a while. 1959. <laughs> okay, so is whatever you're going to ask us, is it older than yes. 1959? So I found a bunch of companies. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, which is older, either Hawaii in... 1959 or whatever this company is. Okay. So let's start with... This is a random game. Yeah, something fun. Different. Okay. Let's <laughs> Did start you just with, come up with this? No, I had it. No. Okay. <laughs> I had nothing to do today. Uh, let's start with a company that's been in the news recently, a shoe company called Nike, mm. which mm. is older, Hawaii or Nike. I would say Hawaii. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll go with Nike. Nike was in 1964. Ah, so Hawaii is older. One point for Chris. By just All a right. few years. Next one. Uh, let's see. Which is older? Hawaii or Walmart? I'm going to go with Walmart. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is this like any version of Walmart? Like any version of like what Sam Walton started or just... It was or when just, he founded the company Walmart. Go with Walmart. 
Hawaii. The correct answer is Hawaii is older. Walmart was founded in 1962. Oh, that's really (laughs) close, though. That's the point. (laughs) Let's see. How about... It's not close. (laughs) It was five years. How about Burger King? Which is older, Hawaii or Burger King? Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Burger King was founded in 1954. What? So Burger King is older than Hawaii. What? Interesting. Well, older than Hawaii being a member of the union. Yes. <laughs> so there's an asterisk every time I say that. There's Those Let islands have been be there for a while. <laughs> Which is older, Hawaii or Visa? Like the, the credit card the credit company? credit card company. Uh... How did you come up with these? <laughs> I had nothing to do today. I finished brewing at 11 o'clock. I'm like, crap. Well, I'll just sit around. Visa. I'm going to go with Hawaii again. Hawaii was 59. Visa, 58. Oh. Yes! So one year older than the state of Hawaii. <laughs> I'm up one. Let's... Ah, all right. Ah. <laughs> We got a couple pizza places. Mm. Okay. Uh, the first one is Domino's Pizza. Hawaii. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hawaii. You're correct. Hawaii's 59. Domino's the next year, 1960. Cool. I didn't know it was that long ago. <laughs> They're fixing roads now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other pizza place, you may have seen it in... A mall courtyard, food court, Sabaro. Oh, I'm gonna go with Hawaii again. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to Sabaro. Sabaro was 1956. Yes, I'm up two. I don't like yeah. this game. <laughs> Shockingly enough, I saw. I was like, what? No way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, there it was. Powers just guessed. Yeah, no, of course <laughs> I did. How about uh, the financial trading company Bloomberg? Bloomberg, Hawaii or Bloomberg? I'll go, go Bloom- Bloomberg. Bloomberg, yeah. As far as which one's older? Yeah. yeah. Bloomberg founded 1981. Wow. So Hawaii is much older than Bloomberg. Well, we were close. That was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see. Last one. H&R Block. Which one's older? Hawaii or H&R Block? Hawaii. At this point, it doesn't matter if it's the last one. It powers one. H&R Block. <laughs> H&R Block, 1955. I win by three. <laughs> so there you go. There's This game is dumb. That was a it's history game. and a hat. Double oh, H, it's history, history and a hat. Oh it's great. It's history and a hat. Hooray, it's history and a hat. Today. <laughs> Since we haven't done history and a hat in a while, I came up with this one. Mm. That was a fun a nice game. little substitute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dumb game. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, so poundability on the uh, coconut porter. So my bangability of this. <laughs> God, Anna. <laughs> Anna's a- Anna's pulling into the lead for most droppable female. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say like two. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a two. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that low. Um, it's too sweet. I, I'm not getting as much of a sweetness as you are. At least not enough to t- 
talk only about that. I do get some other notes like roasted coffee and some dark malts. I don't even get the coffee. It's just sweet. It's just um, coconut. When it warms up, I get the coffee a little bit more. Would you say it's cloyingly sweet? Because you've been talking about that mm. one portion of it for a while. <clears throat> I wouldn't say that. It's just too much coconut. Like I can, you know, when you when you eat fresh coconut, it's like crunchy. Yeah, I I'm almost getting that in my mouth. There's so much coconut, like I can almost feel like I'm eating the fresh coconut. I think they would take that as a compliment. Right, I'm sure they would. It's just beer. not something that I. There's a lot of coconut. <laughs> Hmm. It's the same reason I don't like the chosen one from 903. It's just too much. And that's a cream ale. Right. Hmm. I'd probably go with a five for my poundability on this one. Yeah. I'm going to. Still a porter. <laughs> I'm going to ultimately yeah. split at, you two. I'm at 3.5. At what? Like 6%? Yeah. Now, I will say the 6% is hidden well. I don't get any heat or any alcohol or anything. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just probably because it's so sweet for me. But Yeah, I'm at a 3.5. It's not as... So, it... Um, hmm? Sorry, what? It's just not as bad as... <laughs> it's, it's not as not poundable as Chris says it is. It's not as not poundable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I um, agree. If you were to enter this in BJCP, though, and entered it as a porter with coconut, I don't think it's a harmonious marriage. No. Is coconut a fruit? What is it? What is it? It's not a nut. To be a fruit, it has to have a seed? Is that right? Maybe it is a nut because it grows on trees. Yeah, and you open it up and it's got just water and then the the meat. I don't think it has seeds. What is a coconut? (laughs) Should we ask Siri? (laughs) That's a great question. It's a legume. It's a banana. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What? Because it also grows on trees. (laughs) The coconut tree is a member of the palm tree family and the only living species of the genus Cocos. Boom. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, it is a fruit. Dang it. The term huh. coconut or the archaic cocoa nut, there's an A in there apparently, can refer to the whole coconut palm, the seed, or the fruit, Boom. which botanically is a droop, not a nut. Hmm. I just get the nuts. Hmm. So, a droop is a stone fruit. Interesting. So, a coconut is a stone fruit. Okay. Huh. So, could you enter this under fruit beer? <laughs> Technically, I guess. If the judges were smart enough to I was about to say, look do you up have to, what a coconut was. Do you have to like refer them to Wikipedia for that? Like a like staple of... <laughs> Copy this of is the a fruit Wikipedia page. <laughs> I learned something new today. Hmm. A coconut is a stone fruit. If you're going to be specific, yes. Well, let's get fruity. Hmm. 
So my question stands, what would you enter this as? Uh, probably uh, fruit beer with Porter's base. Because it's... Um, Overwhelmingly coconut. Yes. But it... You know, the Porter and Stout split a Stout. You can have really roasty notes and then Porter not. And this one's right on the edge there because you do get some toasted character from both the dark malts and obviously the, the toasted coconut, which some of that kind of edges into roasty. It's not acrid roast by any means. No. So I think it would still do okay in uh, porter as a base style. Because you, right. you can get some porter notes for it. Yeah. And the coconut is certainly there. No, it's not a harmonious marriage, but I... It's not over the top, in my opinion. No. But I'm just one man. As it warms up, the bitterness comes through some more, though. So Balances out a little more. Yeah. I mean, you know, stout supporters aren't supposed to be drank super cold, but warming it up could help balance it a little bit more. So that's the best of the three we've had today. Yeah, for sure. Oh God, yes. I would like to uh, book in the podcast with us another Sierra Nevada though, because I've been wanting to try this beer that I've been talking about since I've seen it. Yeah. So let's crack that open. All right. So I've talked about this beer before. Uh, it's a new offering from Sierra Nevada. This is the Deep Ellum IPA. No, uh, it's BFD. Hmm. I don't think we can say that on this podcast. I was going to say, isn't I mean, that a, we, we are a, isn't that a big, children, isn't that a children's sure, book? Big freaking deal. Um, no, it's beer for drinking, and it says hoppy blonde ale. Box. Oh, I was thinking about beer for BFG, drink. right? Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> family owned, operated, and argued over is what the can says. Yep, <laughs> there haven't I haven't seen a whole lot from Sierra Nevada in cans. I mean, they have their twelve pack of the of their pale ale. Uh, the hazy little thing comes in comes in cans too. Okay, but this one is seems to be only in cans. I've never seen it in a bottle. Hmm. Of course, it is new. Um, so that's a beer for drinking. Beer seems pretty self explanatory. So we'll see how it is. Hmm. Um, untapped called it um, not a blonde, but a golden ale. Okay, so it's a hopped blonde or hopped golden ale. So not not pale lager. No, we're on the other side of things. The yeah. Ale, uh, uh, hazy, yeah, ish. It's not perfectly no. clear, but pretty clear. But it does have kind of like a, a golden yellow color. Yeah, like a lemon drop, white foamy head. Mmm, lots in the aroma. <laughs> I pick up some hops in the aroma. Yeah, for sure. I'd say like a lemongrass. Yeah, citrusy, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. lemongrass is where I'd go. Fruity, maybe a, maybe a touch of like the sweaty dank hops, but those are uh, yeah, maybe a little. Those are definitely not the f- the foremost aroma, but it's it's in the mix. Hmm. Oh yeah, that flavor is total lemongrass but yeah i'm picking up some of that sweaty note like you were talking about huh yeah lemony character 
beer for drinking. There's... Oh, here it is. Okay. Light grainy note. 4.8%. So, nothing over the top. Lots of flavor. Smelling it, I was wondering why they didn't just call it a pale ale. But tasting it, I now know why they didn't call it a pale ale. Well, and you think about their pale ale. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is <laughs> it is literally a commercial example of pale ale. Yeah, exactly. And it's mm-hmm. the one that everybody tries to copy. True. Now, I've always thought their pale ale was extremely hoppy for a pale ale. Uh, but who am I to argue? Yeah, but this one has more of a watery characteristic, which makes me understand why they didn't just why they didn't call it a pale ale because it doesn't have that bitter backbone here. No, the lemongrass is is definitely prevalent, and yeah. some of that sweaty character that Travis was talking about is prevalent. Yeah, uh, but it's not bitter. It's not. It's sweet, but it's not overly sweet. No, yeah. I think it's very approachable, but a bigger flavor profile than you would normally get from a blonde like Fireman's 4. Yes. Yeah, the hop character in this one really puts it in kind of a different category than a Fireman's number 4 because it's not just the you know the the soft noble hop or mm-hmm. the what are the earlier you said a delicate hop character with like a, a gentle spice yeah or something this one's um certainly a new world hop varieties has some good some good prevalent flavors to it mm-hmm. i like this it's a solid easy to drink just you know come home after a day of work and sit down and have a beer i mean it's it's a beer for drinking yeah right <laughs> yeah i get it i get it now so, I, yeah, because I was looking, it's like, BFD, what beer isn't for drinking? Like, that's kind of what the point is. But I can name a few. <laughs> something that's not a sipping beer. Right. Um, but I, it's just a nice, easy, approachable, um, kind of sweet. I, I, I can't really say or not whether it's thirst quenching. Because I wasn't extremely thirsty when we <laughs> opened it. I could imagine that. Like, this would be a good lawnmower beer. Yeah. I would agree with that. With oh. the fruitiness. And the Unlike that one that we had <laughs> out in Burleson. That was another passion fruit one, wasn't it? Do you remember? Oh. Um, that light blue can. Crap, who was that from? Uh, was that Carbock? Yeah. Wait, was that like? Summer summer waves or Aloha like waves. It was like it was based off Hawaii. Oh. We should have got that one for today. No, that's <laughs> a terrible beer. Yeah, I think it was like Aloha, summer Aloha or something like that. It was it was very fruity. Hmm. Yeah, it was not very good. Yeah. Hmm. Tasty waves. There. We go. I was way off. <laughs> Samsonite. Oh. It was a wit beer. Tasty sea waves. salt and passion fruit. Yep, that's what it was. Woof. It was not very good. Um, this one would be a lot better than that one, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, solid solid lawnmower beer. Maybe a lake beer. 
Yeah. I wouldn't mind picking up a six-pack of this. It's good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, Sierra Nevada. I like it better than your Oktoberfest. (laughs) Poundability. Uh, Uh, Eight. Might go nine. Mm, I'll say eight. Yeah. Still a little sweet, but... Yeah. It's the hop character that would get it for me. Yeah. The sweaty notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, this is an interesting episode. We had a, a large smattering of different things. Yeah. <laughs> we went from Oktoberfest to Hawaii to uh, BFD. Beer for drinking. <laughs> it's a big freaking deal. <laughs> anyway, this is fun, though. I good, some good beers, some interesting beers, and, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some beers that I wouldn't normally reach for, and some ones that I've had a long time ago, and I wouldn't have reached for until we have a reason for, like this podcast. So that's one of the reasons I enjoy these episodes. And now you know that the beers have changed. Yeah. (laughs) Not the same as it was in 2011. That's for sure. Well, uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Brew Styles, where we talked about Hawaii. Next week, we're going to get a little closer to home and taste some beers from Louisiana. Larry. <laughs> Cheers until then. Bye.